Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Creative Process Podcast. I'm Isaac, I'm your host, and uh, today we have our first coronavirus edition. Uh, we are currently uh, online, myself and a friend of mine, Ethan. Ethan, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Ethan. I am a freelance filmmaker, videographer, all things film, basically. Nice. Love it. Sweet. Um, so, Ethan, like, yeah, how is, uh, how's, how's the virus treating you? Um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time in my bedroom uh eating snacks and watching netflix yeah 100 percent. it's like it's it's a boring life it, it is yeah <laughs> i feel that um i i know because because we're looking at each other right now through a, a video call but um you you've recently fell victim to one of the yeah. uh, coronavirus trends yeah could you, uh, could you tell <laughs> us about that uh at the, at the start of lockdown i shaved my head um which is one of the coronavirus trends uh yeah i got buzz cut shaved it all off and i actually think i did it before it got popular so i'm actually i'm i was on it i was there Ooh. i hadn't seen anyone do it it, it was just yeah. it was all in my brain <laughs> how, how did you uh, how did you break the news to your girlfriend because this is quite oh, a good story yeah um so yeah so i i shaved it all off because I'd been joking about shaving it all off from before lockdown, like before this whole thing blew up. I was like, I'm like before even coronavirus, like I'm going to shave my head. And she was so much like, no, I love your hair. Like my hair was relatively long. Um, it had been through stages. It was a good set of hair. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nice and like flowy. And, um, yeah, I, I decided I'd do it and I knew that if I was going to do it, I couldn't tell her beforehand because like, firstly, that would break her, which I kind of did anyway. Um, but like, if I was going to do it, I needed to just do it. So I shaved it all off and then I gave her a FaceTime call and uh, on that FaceTime call, I, uh, I just, I slowly moved my head into frame and there I was with a shaven head and... She was with her family in the living room and she burst out crying instantly, like, like wailing, um, which was hilarious in the worst way possible. And yeah, she ran upstairs crying because it was just too much to handle. <laughs> Can confirm it was it was a brilliant video. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, yeah, let's um, let's get straight on into it. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned at the start, you're a. Uh, I mean, you kind of said a number of things. That was kind of what I was going to first going to ask you. Like, what do you call yourself? Are you, are you a filmmaker, videographer? You yeah. Know, hobbyist? You know? Yeah, I don't know. So I, I'm kind of, I shy away from calling myself a like filmmaker. I guess that's like a cliche thing for people to say. I don't know. That's why I, I kind of go right. half and half. Um, yeah, so I kind of, I do a lot of kind of, not too much narrative work, but a lot of like music videos, corporate videos, um, mini documentaries, that kind of thing um, for a range of different people. A lot of it is for like myself, my own like work and enjoyment. Um, but then the other side of it is like the business side of it where I'm doing it for like clients and people that are paying me to make kind of videos for their brand and for their right. business, basically. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've seen your stuff. I think it's really cool. 
Amazing, thanks. Yeah, we, uh, we shot something not so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky music video in a loft. Um, yeah, it's great fun. Um, cool. Well, I mean, yeah, like, let's start at the beginning. Um, how how long have you been doing this for? Kind of what was, what, what are the origins? Where, where did you begin and how are you kind of, how did you get to the stage that you are at now? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I started probably five years ago but obviously that was more on the side of like me doing my own stuff like family films holiday films travel films um and so yeah i i was doing kind of my own stuff filming every literally every family event that we went to i'd take a camera um and even like it was it's so embarrassing looking back on it like i was so desperate to do like the promo films and like the corporate stuff that i would literally like I would go to these places and then on my little YouTube channel, I would name them promotional video. So I would, I would go to like the Peak District with my dad, make a film about it, which like was amazing, like an amazing experience and like a terrible film, but I would upload it to my YouTube channel and call it like the Peak District promo video. And it was like, I'd had no involvement with like tourism Peak District, but I'd just name it that. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of that and just trying to like kind of get into doing stuff for other people where it wasn't just me doing it for myself because I wanted to be like doing things for other people and like being able to make stuff for them. Um, and then after that, like my local village shop burnt down. So it got burnt down. I must have been like, what, four or five years ago. I don't know. And so I after like getting properly into making little family films, I decided I'd go out and like ask if I could make them like a promo video, like for donations. <laughs> so I was so desperate to do it. And they said, yeah, like you can totally do that. And so I went and I like interviewed the like leader of the shop um, or like the head of the shop. And yeah, took some footage of like the burnt down building <laughs> and like um, got all of that stuff and then edited it into like a, what, like a two, three minute video explain like what happened to them and looking back obviously that video is like obviously not great but it was just kind of making something for somebody else for the first time i found so like fulfilling like being able to help them out i guess not that i did a massive deal but getting them donations etc is kind of where i like started with that like being able to see people be like oh this is a great video like look like i'm definitely gonna donate or whatever yeah so then just then kind of going into after that making stuff for my church. So my church had seen that video be put out for that village hall shop. And then they asked me to kind of make a video for like some of the youth stuff, which I was like so excited about. And then, yeah, slowly like making videos for all of their events um, and getting into that. And then slowly through like word of mouth, I guess I kind of grew from that into doing more kind of stuff for friends of friends family friends etc and then i guess it kind of just grows outwards doesn't it so yeah amazing at, at what point did you did you realize that this is something that like you really wanted to be like no i'm like i'm scaling up like you know like i'm yeah, reinvesting yeah. my money like yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing this i'm gonna take myself more seriously yeah 100%. like where where was the where was the line between like village hall to church to now <laughs> yeah at what point did you go you know what yeah like this is this is who i am now yeah i guess it was like a 
it was actually like a very gradual process. Like all of those things that I've said, like even making little action films in the garden with my brother when I was like very young, um, I wouldn't have said like I wanted to do what I do now back then. But at the same time, like growing through, growing up and kind of still making films, I guess I've just haven't stopped. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say there's like a time where I specifically was like, ah, oh, flip, I really want to do this. But at the same time, I like gradually kind of grew into it and I was like, I'm now kind of definitely 100% going for it. Cool. Yeah, I, I think that's that's such a like a great story of just how like something that is just a passion naturally becomes like mm. your <laughs> like your main kind of creative output. Like yeah. I think yeah, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Well, let's um let's talk about uh your film included. Um Yeah. I I watched it again last night. Um, I actually had to watch it twice because the first time I, I started watching it and I was like, and I was watching it in my head with the intention of kind of looking at it, remembering parts of it. And so I could ask you questions about it <laughs> and talk about it. And then, and then I got so immersed and just enjoyed it oh, so mate. much. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> so like much. critically watching this. I need to like, and so I watched it again and was like, okay, I now like know what's, mm. what's, what's happening at different points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, why don't uh, kind of for the listeners, why don't you just kind of talk a bit about what included is the the, the kind of the the reasons behind making it, the road mm -hmm. stuff, and like the you know other reasons behind making yeah, it, yeah. yeah, and and up until the release, yeah, let's let's hear about it. Yeah, so included was like a short film about a girl who had Down syndrome. She's in a great family. I met them through my mum. So my mum runs a company called Inclusively Down and she kind of deals with making sure that children with Down syndrome are included in all kinds of settings. So schools, families, etc. So kind of teaching teachers and parents how to like best include children with Down syndrome. Yeah, so for a while I'd wanted to make a film um, that kind of spoke about one of those families. I've been looking at this contest road reel for like ages. So like since it began, I guess, um, and just watching the films and being like completely in awe. And so I really wanted to enter and I thought like the best time to do it would be with one of those films. And so I'd entered a year before um, with a film that I really wasn't happy with. It was a narrative and I don't really do narrative. And so I tried to tried to just kind of do that because I thought that might be what like was wanted by the judges, etc. Um, and so like my heart wasn't in that film at all. Like I, I really didn't like it once it was made. It had like some great people involved and stuff, but like my side of things I just wasn't happy with. But that film ended up like getting to the finals of it which I was like, I don't really know how this has happened. <laughs> Obviously, I was really happy about it. But at the same time, I was like, actually, if I did something I really care about the next year, then I'd hope I could go even further than the finals because, like, you know, I'd be happy with it. So that makes sense. Um, so I started making this film. I got in contact with Derek and Lizette, who are Amy's parents, who is kind of the girl that stars in the film. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we decided to kind of shoot it around this time. I think it was two years ago was it last year I don't know decided to kind of shoot it then in the summer and yeah so I went out and we decided on our shooting dates and kind of went out one week I think I did like three days with them and just kind of spoke about like what what activities does Amy do that 
best like include her and do the best job of like making sure that she is constantly like um in in it and like involved and so i think we went to three different things so i went and shot kind of uh horse riding her gymnastics her school just to kind of show off like what they were doing to best keep her included with other children so yeah it was it was like a great process and i hadn't done like a mini documentary before i'd done kind of all the little promo stuff and all the other stuff but i'd never done like a mini doc um and so it was an interesting process because when I first kind of decided to make it, I was expecting a very different story to the one that was actually put across in the end. Like when I decided that I'd make a film about like inclusion for children with Down syndrome, I guess I was expecting that I'd have like somebody who had like a really bad story um, growing up, like they hadn't been included at all. I don't know, maybe like a negative story at birth, etc. But speaking with Derek on the phone for that first time, which was nerve wracking because like I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, speaking with him for the first time was like, actually, we've had a really positive experience and I want to get that across. And he said that like, I want to make sure that it's a completely positive film, just showing how positive life can be for children with Down syndrome. And so, yeah, it was then actually looking at it from that different direction of, I'm not actually going to take this from a point of view of this is what this is like the negative, like this is what we shouldn't be doing to include children. I've actually got to flip it on its head and be like, actually, this is like the pinnacle of inclusion almost like this is what it can look like. Um, so let's let's put that across. It was a very different shooting experience. Like I hadn't done any documentary before, as I said, and with Amy, it was also it was very kind of unpredictable. So like you could you could know that you were going to go and shoot on the Monday, but she wouldn't necessarily want to be on camera on the Monday. Like at the start, she really didn't like being on camera. It was quite unpredictable. Like we went to horse riding on one of the days. In fact, we went on all three of the days in the end or something because she just refused to get on the horse. Um, and she'd always loved going horse riding. But then every day we went and shot, she refused to get on the horse. So like there's a few clips of her horse riding um, in the film, but like those were when she was like on for 10 seconds and then she'd like jump off. But yeah. I mean, you couldn't tell. She looked yeah. like she was having a ball on the horse. <laughs> yeah, the sorry, I ruined that now, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think I think like kind of you talking about that vision of, kind of or you realizing the vision that it has to be a positive story like totally comes across and like i'd highly encourage people to go and watch it but but yeah like it is such a positive experience kind of watching watching this film and like totally thought kind of when when the first interview happens with um with her dad i thought oh you know this is where he's going to talk about like yeah kind of the, the difficulties or whatever but i think it's so nice having just like a purely positive and purely feel-good kind mm. of film for it Mm. Um, and I think that's something that people don't expect and kind of what really like shines for that film. Yeah, I guess another thing with it is the fact that like in the end, like I started off making that film for Road Reel. Like, I had the same heart for it as I did with Liberty, which was the film I did the year before that I said like I didn't like, but but became a finalist. Um, but when I started making Included, I was like, this is going to be for Road Reel. And I was going in with that same attitude of like, I'm making this for the judges. But within like, even halfway through like pre-production, like sorting out all the storyboarding and 
like chatting with them and putting together a story that like was completely out the window um <laughs> I was completely making it for myself um it wasn't like it really wasn't for the judges I knew I'd still go for road reel but I was like I'm not just going to go for what I think the judges would want to see. I'm going to go for what I want to make and try and tell the story the best I can. And in the end, like that film didn't even like get anywhere. Like it didn't get to finalist. It didn't win. It didn't do any of the things I wanted it to originally. But I was really happy with it, which is obviously disappointing when like you make a film that you really don't like and it gets and it does well. And then you make one that you do like and it really like doesn't get anywhere. But yeah, I guess that's probably quite a valuable lesson. <laughs> but but again, I think it is, you know, you're right. It's so important to make what you love. Mm. Um, the, the two things uh, I think be worth picking up on is just firstly, could you explain a little bit about what Road road Reel is? Yeah, yeah. so Road Reel is, they call themselves like the biggest short film contest in the world. And they put on this competition once a year in the summer. Um, and they put out loads of genres. So like horror, drama, comedy, you can make like an ad, you can make like any type of short film um, and submit it. And then there's just a ton of different awards. So like there's a Young Filmmakers Award, which is like still my dream to win. <laughs> and then there's like a kind of drama award, like there's all the genre awards. Um, and then there's like the technical awards. So like best cinematography, best soundtrack, all that kind of thing. Um, and then there's the major awards, so literally like best film, like judges, film, people's choice, etc. Um, and so like massive, pri massive prizes, like loads of companies from like the film world sponsor it. So yeah, it's a it's a big competition. Um, but yeah, huge opportunity. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, sick. And then and then second thing uh, it would be great for you to kind of pick up on is kind of could you talk us through a little bit about uh, your pre production. A lot of my time is actually spent like researching into like what I'm actually telling a story about. So for me, before I even like got in contact or heard about Derek and Lizette and Amy, I was looking into like Down syndrome. Um, and so a lot of it is research and then going into kind of storyboarding. I don't do a lot of storyboarding, to be honest with you. I think I scripted... I, I scripted it just with like the interview questions where I wanted different bits of like his his answers to go in terms of what I was expecting his answers to be um, and then what kind of footage I'd use to go with that stuff. But yeah, it's kind of the research and then the scripting um, and then a little bit of storyboarding. But yeah, other than that, we were kind of straight into it. <laughs> yeah, and another like really cool thing about working on Included was the fact that it was the first time that I'd ever worked with a composer. So I met Jacob Maloney through, well, your kind of group of friends, one of their brothers. Um, and he's like this incredible music composer. Um, and so I kind of met him and asked if he'd be down to work on the project and kind of give it a, like a original score. And it's like definitely one of my favorite things about the film. Working with the composer was amazing. I still don't know how like real composers work, but like, I just know that me and Jacob now, like I get Jacob to come and work on everything that I do now, um, like pretty much. So unless there's somebody that like, doesn't want that original score, I just asked Jacob if he's down to be involved and like to, to write something for it. And it just, it literally takes the film to a completely different level. Like it feels 
like the music is flowing with the visual in a way that like stock music just can't um so yeah i bet i i mean as i say i have no idea how composers actually work because yeah. me and jacob yeah. have slowly throughout all of our like working together we've slowly developed what is probably quite a weird workflow of just me sending random things a couple reference tracks occasionally sending some clips some stills but it's probably quite a weird workflow that we've developed but like working with jacob has genuinely like changed how i shoot and like, how i work on projects sick well yeah that is uh, included and um ethan obviously i'm going to encourage people to go and try and watch included where where can we find that it's on my website ewcvisuals.co.uk yeah sweet and um yeah if you didn't get that down then we'll um <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 have a little chat out section at the end of the podcast <laughs> where you can uh write that down with a pen and paper old school <laughs> just stop the podcast and go straight to the website but don't do that right now because we're not done yet well I think I think you kind of briefly hinted at it, Ethan, but you're um you're quite young. You're yeah. uh, seventeen. I'm seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, that's obviously still quite a young age to like be kind of doing films so seriously, to kind of be being mm-hmm. paid to make films. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you find that like, age like yeah how does age mm-hmm. kind of affect your thing? How does like managing kind of a business and going to school? kind of kind of how does that work for you in terms of creating? yeah yeah so at the start it was definitely a lot harder like starting out doing the more corporate stuff was a lot harder because it was it's mainly a confidence thing like you know you're obviously not going to charge as much and like you're probably not going to be looked at in the same way but at the same time i think at the moment i've kind of um perhaps got that as like a nice thing that makes me a little bit unique, I guess, um, in terms of the work I do, like being able to be young and kind of be able to put the energy into things. And I've also got a lot more time on my hands. It's not full time job yet, even though kind of I work on it like it is. It's it's it gives me that spare time. So being able to spend like a load more time on an edit than perhaps like a a person working on jobs full-time would do um has been really nice i think that's that's probably made it a little bit difficult in terms of like building up a business now that i'm doing obviously more than more than one project at a time um it means that now i've kind of adapted to spending loads of time and like making stuff as perfect in my mind as it can be that now i'm spending so much time on like each film that it makes it difficult to work on more than one at once in terms of school yeah it's it's difficult for my gcse's i i don't know i've always kind of put effort into school but starting my gcse's i was doing like relatively okay in terms of grades and like predicted grades etc um but i'd say throughout like the first year of gcse's is when like it kind of got a bit bigger for me like as we were saying earlier like that movement from kind of doing it as a hobby into like investing all my time into it, investing all my money into it. That was kind of probably that year. Now I think about it. Um, And so I just saw my grades just go kind of down and down throughout those two years because I was just spending so much time on filming. Like even going back to included, like I filmed that in, I think it was actually in, one of my exam weeks or like the last week or something like that or maybe my mocks or something I don't know um but yeah like 
having to take time off to go and film that literally during GCSEs um, was like, it's that kind of thing. Now, at the moment, um, a lot easier because I've kind of just kicked school out the window. Um, like I was, I was I, at the start, I decided that I'd need to kind of speak with them um, school about like the work I do because I just knew coming out of summer going into kind of first year of A-levels that I had too much work on in the summer that I would be able to go back to school or like at least be able to attend like all the time but when I was when I was thinking that I knew it was going to be like once a month I might have to miss a day to go and shoot so I went and spoke to them about that and they were kind of they were kind of happy to accommodate that like I don't feel like yeah I feel like they they were happy um to accept that and let me have the time off that I needed to do the work um, as long as I like caught up. But even then I was still thinking, actually, do I even want to take these A-levels? Like I could just drop out and do what I want to do. But at the same time, like I spoke with so many people, like so many people that kind of mentor me and like motivate me. I, I spoke with them and they were like, actually, it's probably best if you <laughs> stay and get those A-levels. So yeah, I'm now kind of, or especially in the first two months, three months of A-levels, I was, I'm kind of missing a day a week, two days, just depending on kind of the week. Like sometimes I'll go like four weeks without missing a day, but then other times I'll have like two, three days off a week. I think at one point my, my attendance was like 70%. Um, wow. because it was just missing like two, three days a week just to go on shoots and like go with people. And a lot of that, like obviously my own work isn't all that time. It's like working for other people as well. So like going and being an assistant on shoots, doing like lighting and sound for different people that have got that more regular work means that actually I'm not going to turn that down. And so I'm just kind of taking that time off. Um, which has obviously meant that like I'm not really thinking much about my A-levels. I still 100% plan on taking them, but I don't know how how I'll get on considering I'm looking around me and like friends are like working really hard for them um, and I'm kind of there like actually I'm hardly here much of the time um, and I imagine it'll be the same when it comes to revising. So it'll be interesting to see because when that happened during my GCSEs, it was... Um, I, I thought I was going to do really badly and then I did like relatively okay. So yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's about just that having that like perfect balance of like mm. kind of the, the yeah, practical skills balanced. are yeah. what's going to get you a job, but you mm. do need some qualifications. For yeah. To take you it's all about the backup, seriously. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Or not even backup, but just like, just having kind of even more. Yeah. Like you yeah. could, you could drop out and just focus on work, but mm. why not? carry on working and have like some a-levels whether they're great yeah. grades or not like yeah you've got A-levels, yeah right? and it's also about like i one of the main points when i was thinking about it is like i don't not have the time for school like as much as i'm missing days it's not like i'm five days a week working like i'm yeah. still there and i'm still there more often than i'm not there um but yeah it's just kind of balancing the two i guess cool i think that kind of brings us to a to a close there uh, but before we go, Ethan, could you give us a quick uh, shout out of your socials, of where we can find your work, where we can get in contact if we want something filmed, you know? 
I got I yeah. got some I got some friends getting married. They might want a videographer, you know. People yeah. people are going to be doing all sorts of exciting stuff when lockdown ends. You can be there with yeah, a camera. I'm hoping so. <laughs> um, yeah. So my website is uh, www.ewcvisuals.co.uk, um, and then my Instagram is ethan.w.clark. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I have to recommend checking those uh, links out. Uh, his stuff is awesome. Uh, Ethan, Thanks it's so been much. a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Um, stay safe, stay inside, all that government spiel. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, awesome. Yeah, great. Thanks, Cheers. Ethan. See you later. Thanks. There we go. That is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Do check out Ethan's stuff. Uh, it is really good and definitely worth a watch. If you would like to follow what I'm doing, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Isaac underscore Sims 180. I also release music uh, under the name Isaac Holiday. That's Holiday with two L's. And uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, for Isaac Holiday, uh, at Isaac Holiday Music, uh, and check out the stuff. But uh, I hope to see you for another episode very soon. Bye bye.